Oh, bye, Jingo. You are now tuned into the Going Off Podcast. How y'all doing? You were just talking to me about something that you needed to bring up, and I had only heard like a little bit of it. <laughs> something about a cobra. Well, that's only that's only kind of important. Before we were recording, we were talking about making it as a content creator. Trying to pave your own way, you know, yes. in the wild, wild west that is the internet. And... A name I hadn't thought of in a while. Um, I randomly decided to look up and see what they were doing. Uh, people in the North Carolina area might know them more than other regions, but they did get some nationwide oh, exposure there feeling, for a little bit. Already I'm feeling shame. The, the Holderness <laughs> family? This guy, he was he was an anchor in on one of like the local North Carolina news, like like local stations i think he was either mm, sure yeah he was either a weatherman or news guy i don't know it's honestly not important but he fucking quit his job one day and decided i'm gonna stay at home and i'm gonna make the corniest parody song videos with my family my wife and my kids and they made a couple that like went super viral early on and i think they're like christmas songs uh, they did one about, I think it was a parody of Will Smith's Miami, but it was Christmas Jammies. What? Yeah, but, um. <laughs> oh my, Christmas Jammies. Bienvenido Christmas Jammies. Dude, you got it. <laughs> and the game practically writes itself. So I Googled them and a video came up. And if anyone wants to look this up, they're free to. They did a parody song of Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi about a local news story. Again, I don't know how widely this got spread around, but someone who owned a cobra, uh, it escaped from their house and it created a fucking stir in the neighborhood and everyone was scared and they had to get out and they fucking had to find it and i'm pretty sure they fucking took it because they were like you're not supposed to have this or some shit any kind of improv prompt for a parody song is good enough for the holderness family i guess so yeah that's what you heard before we're recording was a snippet of the the living on a prayer cover about a snake that you could tell was written in like five minutes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like they saw the news story and the song was written in five minutes. <laughs> but see, of course, it's very fitting that the embedded video is from Facebook because this is exactly, this is Facebook content. There's a video called Die Hard is a Christmas Movie because this is still an argument we're needing to have in 2021, what, what I guess. This? Yeah, what part, What year on the internet was this? 2009? What? Right? Um, That was uploaded two days ago. Oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I thought she was about to be like, oh, yeah, these videos that they did a decade ago. No, 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 no. Um, but they have another one that was that's called Keeping It Real This Christmas. That was uploaded a week ago. So they fucking put these up really quick. I don't know. Grinding. I don't know if they have someone who's editing it for them or what. Oh, this is a fucking labor of love. <laughs> Five million combined subscribers and a total of one billion views. Whoa. Uh, they are a local family based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, consisting of husband and wife, Penn and Kim Holderness, and their daughter and son, who, un- who are very, very young and get forced 
into yeah, these see, fucking videos. I was thinking some daddy of five shit, but I didn't want to say no. You know, I'm like, <laughs> that feels too much because that was a very extreme situation. But still, yeah, I don't like the general idea of like, oh, let's get the kids to do No, like... <laughs> I actually, I didn't realize I was this deep in the Holderness lore. They first found fame in 2013 when they released Christmas Jammies, a parody of Will Smith's Miami, meant to be their family's digital Christmas card. Overnight, their video went viral, gaining 15 million views in one week. So so they, they were like, oh, this wasn't supposed to, and they're trying to strike while the iron's hot for the last couple of years. Yeah, mm-hmm. It says uh, subsequent releases include a Halloween-themed Snoop parody called Kin and Moose. Oh, I think I might have heard of this one. What does that mean? What is that a a reference to? Oh, my family and... What are they, Canadian? No, they're from Raleigh. (laughs) A Megan Trainer parody, which is like... What do you even do there? Like, is it already... already the white, uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, uh, white bread version of itself? Yeah, like you got um, all about that based for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Should have seen it coming. <laughs> uh, they did a parody of Eminem's "Lose Yourself" that they didn't even say what it was because probably it was even too shitty to list in the Wikipedia article, and a parody of Dean oh, was Martin's it better than "Without Meat." The uh, all that oh. parody. <laughs> uh, in 2020, when COVID-19 hit, they made several viral parodies. Of course, oh, they got to sure. capitalize on everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, they made several viral parodies, including uh, skits, including a Hamilton medley about wearing a mask. Well, you know, at least they're on the uh, right side of that debate there. Yeah, there. there's a very good chance they could have went the other way. Right, uh, oh my god, I've been talking to you, like, uh, every now and then about, like, some celebrity that'll bring up, like, you know, hey, I'm actually wearing a mask, and it's like, oh my god, thank you, thank you for just letting us know that you haven't had your brain melted by the internet, famous person. Okay, uh, hold on a second. What? Hold the fucking phone. They have released a new Christmas jammies Every holiday season? Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me. Do they redo the music video? Like, what? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Why? What, <laughs> X-Men? Oh, why Let's am I looking this, this up? Time. They're trying to make it the new fucking All I Want for Christmas is You. Oh, for fucks. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Okay, it's Christmas Jammies. But it's not always a parody of the same song. Oh, so that's like the name they they, they go with. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. the Christmas Jammies series. <laughs> oh, oh, really? That's all. It was only a kiss, really. It's Mr. Brightside by the Killers for everyone who's not um who's not familiar with this one. Coming out of this year, I know it's been kind of sad, 2020, yeah, it's historically bad, but it's Christmas time, so our last video, we celebrate all the things that didn't totally blow. 
Takeout got really good, more convenient for you. Now all of these really good restaurants all have drive throughs Oh my god! <laughs> what the who, fuck? Who needs this? <laughs> they're so forced! Yeah. See, these are just, way worse. Like, if you're not Weird Al, man, don't even try. Like, the who who is that one YouTuber guy? I can't even remember. It, it, they were There's the guys so who fucking many. For, uh, what? There's so many. Yeah, who can you possibly be talking about? The key of awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, the key. Oh God. And they did. They started off being doing the Obama girl video. Or something Obama like girl. That. Yeah, I remember and that. Then they jumped from that to doing like parodies of songs, and they were all bad. They were all just yeah. like, just making like it was just like sub Mad TV, where it was just like. Uh, they started off kind of making fun of the song, and then they just ended up making fun of the artist for like weirder and more bizarre random yeah. shit. Like that oh, used I'm to be the that used to be a cheat code on YouTube. By the way, was to just make a parody song music video. Uh, I re I remember <laughs> that would that was almost guaranteed numbers. Um, and they would yeah. like randomly have like, oh, uh, I'm Deadpool and I'm in this video too, or some random oh, shit like that. Like it's the same randomness that they do with fucking baby videos now, with fucking Spider Man and Elsa and the Grinch. Yeah, it's like basically the proto version of that. <laughs> just throw some random pop culture character in this video, and people are gonna go, "What? Why is Bane celebrating Thanksgiving?" <laughs> I don't know. We've got a few things we actually wanted to talk about this week. This week. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, m might be a little overstuffed if Ooh. I can. Uh, it it's still close enough to Thanksgiving, right? I hope so. <laughs> because I briefly want to talk about the Macy's Day Parade and a couple of the key performances. I was actually hanging out with my family uh, and the TV was on. So I actually caught uh, most or all of this. So I'm going to know it. I'm going to actually know what you're talking about. <laughs> Luckily for me. Um, it was streaming live on Peacock, so I was able to just watch it on there. Oh, uh, no. And conveniently enough, they also decided to stream the, uh, the dog show afterwards. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I saw. There was the dog show, and I was like, oh, I guess we just watch the dogs. I, I guess, not, not the worst television, I guess. Who doesn't want to look at dogs? That's the yearly tradition. You, you watch the Macy's Day Parade, and then you watch the fucking dog show. You gotta stick around for the dog show. Yeah. Um. Kristen show. Christopher Guest movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So... To open things off, and I'm gonna say this up front, I'm I'm going to acknowledge, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, these are all lip-sync performances. Like, no one's actually singing live. Oh, they're all lip-sync? Even the, uh, people doing the, uh, the thing that wasn't on a, uh, thing where, uh, there was some, like, main stage where it was like... I think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, I'm gonna say yes, but I, I, I might be wrong. The, the very first performance was from... An upcoming NBC Live um, Annie special. Yes, that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. And the girl that was playing Annie sounded fucking phenomenal. Like, yeah, I was like, oh my goodness, all right, she's doing pretty good. Yeah, I was like, I'm for it. She sounded fucking incredible. I am not, however, here for Harry Connick Jr.'s I bald I was just about to say, I was like, Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> pretending to be bald. <laughs> I oh god, that looks that looked rough. It wasn't you can't a find a real bald man. What the fuck? <laughs> that should absolutely be like I hate to typecast, but like you gotta hire a bald guy for, See, for that, right? right? Here, like here's how I think, right? If you're doing a local production, fine. Mm. Maybe you can't get a bald guy. You would get if you're a fucking sure. New York, you can kind of fucking bald guy. 
You're telling me you didn't see anyone. No one auditioned that that didn't have a full head of hair? You're fucking kidding me. I don't believe that. I have to give a shout out. I have to! Because there were very few people that I was actually, like, wanting to see or waiting to see. When I started the show and they were doing the rundown of all the performers and they said Kim fucking Petras was performing? I was like, what? I had no idea that she was even going to fucking be there. Side, Nelly. <laughs> it really is a weird who's who, but we'll get to some of these. Um, and Kim performed a very old song on a coach float. I thought that was fun. I got to talk about your boy, Andy Grammer. Andy Grammer? Andy Grammer had a song called Honey, I'm Good. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. The oh, most... no, honey, I'm good. The... Oh, that's so... The, the, the Facebook video, right? Like, from a couple of years ago. Oh, God, it was a face off <laughs> Oh, everybody send in your videos of... Yeah, we could... Did the Holderness family send in a video for the oh, Andy Kramer music video? <laughs> if they didn't, that's a huge missed opportunity. They had to have. Yeah, I forgot about that. It was like couples singing to each other because Neb and I parried it for a fucking review. Oh, this song. Look oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh the video is so embarrassing. It probably does not age well. Please don't anybody look up the Honey, I'm Good music video. It's going to be so bad. Because it's all, like, people at home doing lyrics, like, lyric videos. Yeah. Holding up pieces of paper with the word. Oh, God. Anyway. And, and wait, they're, sing they're couples saying, hey, I'm good. I don't want to have sex with you because I have someone at home. Like, doesn't even make sense. It's, the video should be all about uh, being drunk in a bar and about to pick up a chick, and then you pick up your phone like, nah, nah, I'm good, I'm gonna go. <laughs> That's what the video should have been. <laughs> it's weird. In that same year, we got that and also uh, Cheerleader, which is basically the same thing. Cheerleader? What was that one? Uh, the oh, I got a cheerleader. Was there a music video where they did that as well? Oh, oh, oh it's the same sort of light. Ooh, this is for, you know, the, the couples on Facebook. Like that type of song. Cheerleader was also a song where someone's trying to hit on the lead singer and That's he's true. turning them yeah. down. But the song Andy Grammer performed at the parade, Damn It Feels Good To Be Me. I thought you were about to say Damn It Feels Good To Be A Gangster. <laughs> if this was a live performance... I would give him some slack, I guess. But because it's the fucking album version of the song, it sounds so bad. I don't understand how they recorded it. It sounded like this, they approved it, and then thought, this is good enough for the fucking parade. We're going to play this over a loudspeaker, and you have to act out these horrible things, like this horrible range, these noises you make. If no one's heard, damn, it feels good to be me, which I wouldn't be surprised at this point. I don't think anyone ran to Spotify after hearing it at the parade. Um, look that one up. That song is atrocious. There was an awkward one. Did you see Foreigner? I think so, yes. Uh, what I want to know what love is with a child's yeah. chorus. <laughs> So you have oh a bunch of kids going, um, I want you to show! That was awkward. <laughs> that was fucking weird. I didn't like that. The thing that I was confused about was like, like okay, so there would be times where it stopped and a performance happened. And I'm yes. like, okay, we're we're with the cameras. We're seeing the, the goods. We're seeing the, you know, the jingle all the way, you know, stop the thing for the, to do a little action thing. But like, that was really suck for anyone two blocks away. And it's just like, 
I guess we're just gonna be looking at these guys for a couple of minutes. Did you see the VR tech shit that they tried to do? Oh, Jesus. That was so embarrassing. Like The fucking meta showcase? Who cares? Yeah, oh. Facebook trying so hard to make their shit relevant. Like, see guys, you can see extra floats. Ooh, and you oh. see these two guys that get real close and then they take off in the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they did. And initially, it was like Santa had to go, oh, I see him. There he goes. Oh, very embarrassing. Um, but then, yeah, they did the Star Wars one. And then they had someone sitting on the sidelines and they were wearing a meta Facebook wireless VR headset. And you saw like what they were seeing is yeah, like this VR weird. thing. And it was just a commercial for the headset that went for like a couple minutes and it didn't even look interesting or engaging, so... Yeah, it's like, who wants this? Oh, I can't wait to spend, what, $500 so I can see two extra floats that look fake as shit? Like, what? I, mm. <laughs> Money well spent. <laughs> you had messaged me saying that you had seen the AMAs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and We've got more stuff, folks. Can you believe it? It's been even longer since that one, actually, hasn't it? So, is, is that the last yeah, I think thing so. you talked <laughs> You know, they were okay. They, they were all right. Um, mm. Cardi, Cardi B was basically what was what brought it up to an all right. You know, just <laughs> just from her insane outfits, like the, the, the one with the huge feathers that were like basically in her face while she was trying mm. to put the microphone close to her so she could speak. So that I didn't kinda... actually get to see any of Cardi's stuff. Was she hosting or something? Oh, yeah, she was hosting and she was so crazy. Um, there okay. was one part where she was introducing, uh, um, oh, who was it? Uh, uh, Puerto Rican uh, d dude, I can't remember who it was, but she was like, like yeah, this dude, and she had like this really flowy yellow thing on. And so when she announced him, like I almost like kind of couldn't hear what she was saying right at the end because she was just so <laughs> like, da, 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 da. she started waving her arms and like a bunch of smoke just came out as the song started. I was like, oh my wow, god, that, that's the that's the energy of the intro you need. <laughs> I Holy want that. Shit. I want Cardi B as my opener. Yeah, person. for real. That's what hides the fucking crowd. <laughs> No matter what you do, people are going to be hype. I feel like I always notice with these war shows where, like, it feels like the mic's not working right. And it's like, no. what the fuck is going on? Like, but yeah, I saw Tyler, the creator. And now for the raps, like, usually, like, they, I don't, maybe they just don't sound check. The raps is good enough. But, like, it's usually mm. a problem. But I think he did relatively good with it. And uh, also, I mean, because his voice is just deeper. So I think it's just kind of, like, a little harder for that to pick up. But I think for what it was worth relative to everything else, like, I think he did a really good job. And also, just his Jim Carrey-like movements as, as he, you know, moves around and dances and shit. Like, it's always, I really it's, did like his performance. So he's excited to sure. see. Uh, and especially when he has the, uh, you know, it, it's like a really Christmassy look at Bill, but, like, he's still got, like, the menace to him, you know, and especially with the way the, the light yeah. flickers on and off. And he has those uh, Stanley Kubrick eyes, you know, while he was performing. Oh. You know what I'm talking about, right? You yeah. Know, where, where you glower underneath your eyes eyebrows you know <laughs> he was doing a fucking kubrick stare rapping for sure that, that was fucking creepy yeah so i thought he was really cool uh especially they always when have to set pieces it's like this time it was like in front of a house right yeah but only like the very front of the house was real like the rest of it was like a projection i guess yeah I thought that and you saw cool. like this dude walking around in the background yeah what's he doing who's that, that? <laughs> It was like you, you could only see in the windows like 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 the silhouette of someone and they were just like walking around on the phone talking. Yeah. And I don't think they ever really acknowledged who that who that was or who that was supposed to be, but they were just kinda of walking around, chilling. Yeah. 
I, I like how it ended like all up in his face, you know, as he was saying the, the final there. He's like, you know, I, I do this shit, uh, all these beat breaks, just so you can talk shit about it on your lunch break, <laughs> you know. Um, That's such a weird bar to end on, too. Yeah. Like, I don't ever really think I noticed how weird of a line that is to end on, or, or did it even end on that originally no, it, it, on the it, album? It ended on that, because it, it's that specific, like, yeah, it is, like, weirdly callous, you know? This is like, we're, yeah. we're celebrating you, Tyler. You're the underground, you know, sensation. We, I think everyone likes you. Like, what? Wait, I man. wish more songs did that. More yeah. just, I don't give a fuck how this sounds. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to know I'm mad. Um, yeah, I love the way he was, like, stretching his legs out and doing all those, like, motions and shit. And then, especially at the end when he gets on the scooter and he just, like, kicks his leg out. <laughs> He's <laughs> always on the move. I, I like that about his things. It's always just, like, it's always, like, we're just seeing him on a stop on his world tour. Right, right. Hey, um, what are you doing tonight, Tyler? Well, um, for this one... I'm gonna stand out. I'm gonna stand out in the snow, in front of this house, sing one song, and then you come drive me to my next location. Did you notice the audience was popping for the snow machine? Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like spurting snow off the sides of the screen, and you heard people cheering for it. Like, <laughs> can can you just pay attention to Tyler and not the shitty snow machine again? <clears throat> The Grammys would have had a better snow machine. Oh, for sure. It, it would have been a little uh, little thicker on that snow there, for sure. Oh, yeah. It was just... <laughs> 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 Looked shitty. Shit, is that um, all you got? <laughs> what the fuck? We're, we're, we're low on snow juice, okay? Yeah, this more, is the best we can do. It's more shredded papers. <laughs> <laughs> just have it be a ticker tape. Um... um BTS, yeah. oh my god, the first performance they did with Coldplay when it was such a dud, this Ooh. obvious ass, Ooh. like, we're doing it, like we're doing this song because Coldplay is trying to be relevant, so I guess, and they paid us enough money, so I guess we're doing Like, that so gives that energy. That was the first performance from them? Yeah, yeah. Oh god, that was so awkward. I hated it. <laughs> Um, and again, the fucking mics, which didn't sound good. And Coldplay, uh, uh, the Chris Martin, whoever, singing clearly under voice, like, or is that oh, just yeah. how good he sings normally? Like, it's it sounded so weird. His voice and the voices of the guys in BTS did not gel at all. It sounded really bad, yeah, actually. And yeah, I just, I'm not a big BTS person anyway honestly i've honestly never understood it they're just See, not I, for me i actually do enjoy uh, a, a lot of music like i'm not like you know plunged into the depths of it all the time but like anytime i hear something it's like oh yeah this is how you know uh if we still had band, uh, boy bands th this is how competent they should probably be at this point you know i was thinking about specifically because of the uh they had the battle of boston with the uh the, oh the, yeah with new kids on the block at new edition uh which by the way uh, new edition one <laughs> yeah and, and they were actually looking pretty fresh at least new edition like they look like fucking straight ass like 70s like yeah. style flared out pimps like when they went on the stage i was like oh shit you I know? think everyone looked and sounded okay. Um, better than fucking Chris Martin, yeah, for yeah, real. Right. Like, that really, that absolutely reeks of desperation of wanting to be relevant. Like, yeah. grabbing onto the coattails of BTS. But 
even butter i never really clicked with that song either no like i like 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 i said i like the performances of it like that's all mm. like the most popular songs seem to not be the best ones mm. <laughs> like i guess that's just how it goes but like yeah. whenever i see them performing and like you know fucking doing the thing having the coordinated suits this is just like I feel like it's like this is what we should be being spoiled with, like coordinated dudes coming together doing some bit. Like, what happened to this? Like, why are why are we not doing this? Like, why is there not more groups that like? Because look, we can talk about uh, pop music too, but like, no, if you're gonna be do pop, you need to be a fucking showman, right? Like, and that's what they're goddamn doing. You know, they're they're, they're doing the performances, they're weaving in and out of each other with the dance moves. Like, that's competency as just a a, a pop group. There was the one girl with I, I thought. This was the last one, but no, it was uh, BTS. Uh, it's like girls like us. Uh, the, the the big girl kind of has the PM Dawn glasses. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, she fucking sang at the parade too. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, she was there too. She was looking all stuff. Yeah, I thought uh, that was really cool. My only Zoe thing was, Wees. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My only thing was like her hair is just so long and it's like mm. dragging all around her as she was walking, and I was just like, oh. please don't fall. <laughs> Like, oh, this man. would be so embarrassing. But it's just like, and it didn't seem like she was like pay, noticing it or like being aware no, of it no. and moving accordingly. It just seemed like she was just walking and her hair was just going all around, which is like it could have like gone right underneath her shoes. And like, Ooh. you know what I mean? I was just so just like, uh, like the whole time, all I'm doing You're is anxious. Watching. <laughs> yeah, all I'm doing is watching her feet. I was just like, Ooh. please don't fall. <laughs> we got a couple uh, album review requests this week. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we should probably start with The Pretty Reckless. Yeah, let's start with The Pretty Reckless, an album from this year, which uh, I was like, hey, look at that. We're <laughs> we're current. <laughs> IBXCV. Yeah, I wasn't going to guess that one. Uh, <laughs> thank you for requesting Death by Rock and Roll by The Pretty Reckless. A name I already like, like just off the riff. Like we're we're pretty reckless. Something I was unaware of that the lead singer is the actress who played Cindy Lou Who in the Jim Carrey Grinch. You've got to be fucking kidding me! No, <laughs> holy shit! And yo, I don't give a damn what you say. I like that movie. Sorry, it's a <laughs> staple for me. Sorry, and so is Jingle All the Way. Sorry, you oh. just gonna have to call me a basic bitch. I love these <laughs> <laughs> basic Christmas bitch. <laughs> Yes. It's all good. It's fine. But oh my god, I loved that movie, and just knowing that just made me go like, just made my grin grow twice as big this day. Like, <laughs> what? And Cindy Lulu, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> this album for me. Uh oh! Oh yeah! <laughs> Hit us with the muse size. Uh, no, it's just stop it. It just didn't hit me, man. Mm. Like, are, are, are you feeling like it's just like 2021? You trying to you trying to bring it back, huh? You trying to bring back the uh, rock style? You trying to <laughs> look? There was I was unaware of this obviously because it was way before my time, but I was informed recently that in the mid 60s there was a big push for old style rock and roll sound. Like late fifties. Oh, like Chuck Berry, that that kind of style, and we have clearly moved past that into like psychedelia, and the Beatles changed their sound too. But everybody was waiting for the big comeback. Like, oh, what, what's old rock and roll sound like? We got this album, which is what I was reminded of. 
it sounds like it's like late seventies, maybe up to mid eighties kind of hard rock for the most part. But like in a way that's like really uh, at least like has lyrics that kind of like are making it clear that that is the point in a way, right? Where it's just like this is the homage, uh, especially with the first track and was it the next to last track? And then I remembered, oh right. This was uh, the woman who did the Heaven Knows track. You remember that one? Oh, the heaven does we belong way down below, way down below. And look, I'll, 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 granted, I'll give you that. It was like, yeah, it's totally doing the throwback sound. But I'll be honest, when I was clicking through the radio and trying to hear what else was on the radio, hey, at least it was some fucking energy. You know what I mean? Like, I do not remember that one, I don't think. Yeah, it was, uh, oh, no, heaven knows we belong way down below. And then the kids' choir comes in, oh, no, heaven. Like she uh, clearly does on another one of these tracks. So this is like, all right, all right, that's, yeah. the that's your sound for that. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, I had I had a good enough time. I enjoyed myself. <laughs> this was, um, I didn't dislike any of the songs on here. I just wasn't really none of these really clicked it was feeling too pastiche yeah like not to the extent of like a Greta Van Fleet mm. is kind of known right right for doing right that. but yeah put some respect on her name she can sing I she can sing yeah for sure I really do like her voice here it just didn't always work with the music for me like either the energies mm. weren't really the same, like, on the same wavelength. Like, sometimes she was singing way more subdued than the music was. Sometimes she was singing more energetic than the music was. Like, mm. they just weren't on the same plane. Um, and I just thought the lyrics were kind of weak. Like, mm. there's a couple tracks that stand out. Um, the, the one that got the highest rating from me... Actually, no. Uh, three songs that got the same rating. So the three highest ratings for me were um, uh, Only Love Can Save Me. Yeah, yeah, that was a dream. Um, and so it went. Yeah, with Tom and, and My Bones. And and so it went with the Tom Morello guitar solo was was much needed. I, mm -hmm. I thought that added. Um, it, was, it was the ones that stood out and just had more of a unique sound, I guess. Like, I'll give you a really good example, okay? Do you remember Wolf Mother? It was like maybe 2006, 2007, they had that song. Woman, you know, woman, gonna be woman. And it just, <laughs> it just sounded like 70s hard rock. And it was like, yeah, okay, this is something. Right, right. But do you remember the darkness? Yes, yes. Because they had the, I believe in a thing go low. Just listen to the middle of the heart. That one. They also were doing like 70s sound, right? Sure. But they had a very unique approach to it that had individuality and character that they didn't just sound like they were biting a style. They were I taking it and they were honoring that sound and also bringing something entirely different to it. With the other songs, you know, they put the they put the old 70s effect on the voice to make it just sound like that 70s song, right? Like you're saying, but with the darkness, they actually were. It sounded like a fresh version of it. Like, this is a part of the 80s maybe you hadn't even heard yet. Like, that sort of thing. Right, yeah. But with this, it was like, I kind of got, like, uh, Lita Ford, Kiss Me Deadly vibes <laughs> from this, which isn't a bad thing. It's just... And you know what it is? I think I appreciated it more because of the fact that, like, you know, you really don't hear as many female vocalists just rocking over, you know, 
rocks it and she and she holds her own you know what i mean like vocally i do definitely appreciate it on that level it's just a lot of the songs just don't really bring anything new and for 2021 i would just kind of expect that i guess yeah. um I, I did like how they played with the time a lot i thought that was fun um when you know what i'm saying because i feel like people didn't do that well i, I like, as time goes on, people kind of, like, start using less and less complicated stuff. And as musicians, it's like, you know, it's nice to hear them playing around and doing shit. But that you're still rocking. It doesn't just sound like, uh, not to be too disparaging, but, like, it doesn't just sound like math rock where it's just like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four. You know, like, it actually <laughs> yeah. feels like they're like, you know, you're feeling the groove with them. Boom, oh, we just fucked with you on there. No, and now we're about to bring up that. Like, that's the energy that I, that's how I felt, right? When, for the tracks, when they would do shit like that, that was how I was able to still enjoy it. Because it's like, oh, yeah, no, not necessarily. All the songs kind of, like, played with it to that extent. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I was able to enjoy that uh, a lot more, I felt. Um, I'm noticing, even with the songs that I said I liked, like, um, and so it went. That ruined it for me at the end where it had that, like, kid chorus. <laughs> yeah, like you said, the, the you clearly tried to emulate the down below uh, joint that she got big on. Oh, it's it very, um, oh, it uh, Pink the same, Floyd. Yeah. Right, we don't need no education, yeah. <laughs> and then also with My Bones, by the end... I just have written down, how did this track get so bland? The bridge really killed the momentum. There's a lot of songs on here where the song will just be rocking, and then the bridge will just be a very slow down. She's almost, like, singing way slower on the bridge. And it's just like, it was just hard for me to really feel this album. Like, mm, 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 mm. it was just so middle of the road for me. It, it feels like a real love letter to that sound, right. to, that, uh, to that time. And we just did fucking Silk Sonic. It's kind of like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> actually. You know, I did my Billboard Top 100 we were going through. Yeah, there would be those moments where we're in, you know, the early 80s or late 70s. And then all of a sudden it'll be like someone from the 60s has a hit song in. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. this clearly doesn't sound as good. And it doesn't have the same energy as when they did it in the 60s. But we're just allowing it. Because, what legends? We got to have these guys. We got to you know? make room. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, we got to like, show the respect. Well, if they're doing new cool shit, maybe. Like, you know, David Bowie, like, he was always doing cool new shit. You know, not to give too much away, but like, you know. <laughs> I feel like you are definitely the more, uh, uh, you know, your ears have been rocked a little bit more. You know, <laughs> as my ears have been wrapped a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I feel like to you, yeah, it, it probably comes off. A, a lot more uh so i guess that's what it is it's like if you have a more passing you know uh uh like knowledge relatively more passing knowledge with rock i think you'll enjoy the the pastiche of it a little bit more than yeah if you were like actually have gone in and you you've already listened through like all of led zeppelin's discography and all these motherfuckers and you're like what's this though you know like yeah yeah like is this matching up to the gods you know as as, as she really is um bringing up a lot like you know i enjoy the references for what they are but i, I guess uh, on your end were you were you a little bit more uh feeling kind of like uh like oh okay yeah of course, of course you got to reference the great gig in the sky yeah you know like you know uh, I <laughs> <laughs> on the rock and roll heaven you got to yeah, mention great yeah, gig yeah. in the sky yeah, let's yeah, yeah. let's get to that one um <laughs> 
I have written down for that one um, exactly what you'd expect from this and nothing more. Right, yeah. So, uh, okay, so for me, I enjoy the big higher tempo songs and whenever she takes it down is always when I didn't, was always when I was kind of like taken out of it. And mm, I was feeling yeah. bad at first because I was like, is that just because like, you know, shit is so high energy and intense that when it doesn't, I'm like, mm, it doesn't work. Or am I just genuinely not enjoying these songs as much? And I, I really do think it's that it's just something that just kind of like, you know, it doesn't have the exact same uh, drive, you know what I'm saying, as, as the type of yeah. down-tempo songs that she is emulating. But when it's higher tempo and they're doing the, the, the switches, yeah, I feel like for me there's enough, uh, there's enough stuff uh, being thrown up in the air for me to enjoy it, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, when it's the slower tempo songs, it's kind of, it kind of becomes laid bare. I'm just like, okay, what about really you? And when she's, there's some of these lyrics that feel a little too... Uh, you know, we should have already written this song 20 years ago, you know what I mean? Like, there was one lyric where the shit was just, like, so basic what the lyrics were. Was it only Love Can Save Me Now? I thought that was more interesting than the first track, and I like the guitar solo on it. There is something, too, I wanted to touch on that is from the Wikipedia article that it helps your view of the album, I guess, going in. It says in April 2018... Uh, the band's longtime producer was involved in a, motorci- in a motorcycle yeah, accident I saw that. I was like, oh, and no. uh, died later due to the injuries from the crash. Death comes up on a few tracks. Like, obviously, the name of the album, Death by Rock and Roll, in the first cut, it kind of plays with that. If that's the mood you're going for, it doesn't really. It feels more like. Yeah, death by rock and roll. It like, definitely is that your mileage may vary. Uh, it was more snotty and bratty, and that's the mood I thought we were going for. But then by the time we get to songs like 25, which is a song about the um, like the, the, the 27 club, right. of like the musicians who died when they were 27, and now I guess at the time of the album, the, the singer was probably 25 and yeah. is like, Will I make it past that number? And right. then later you got Rock and Roll Heaven. It's like so with the first song, it's very incendiary with how it's talking about like death by rock and roll. You know, I want to go with this shotgun blast. I want to go with the woman on her back. I was like, oh shit. You know, it, it, again, like a woman singing this shit just makes it that much more like, oh shit. Like, hey, you know, like oh, we're digging in. You know what I mean? Um, and like, it, you know what it is? It's like. Sure, it kind of feels Halloween costumey, right? Like putting yeah, on the right. a little bit. But hey, who doesn't enjoy Halloween? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy dressing up. You know what I mean? Not everything. Because here's the thing: if you want to be really, 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 really real, most of those motherfuckers were like on cocaine and shit that they shouldn't have been yeah. on and doing awful shit. So you know, it's like, do we really want to really emulate it? Like go all the way back to it? You know, like let's just have some fun with the with, with the trappings a little bit. Hey, you know, yeah. <laughs> So, like, there's that level, but, so it's, like, on a certain level, like, the snottiness of, you know, the lyrics, right, of saying, like, hey, you know, uh, you you know, when I die, say it's death by rock and roll, like, I, I want to enjoy that because it's, like, is it, it, that is sort of the spirit of rock and roll, like, being kind of, like, you know, being kind of, like, thumbing your nose at the idea, like, yeah, yeah, and I'm inviting the danger, I'm inviting it into my life, like, that's what it's about, it's about living real life, what the fuck, let's do it, you know, but, yeah, there's that other level where you're, like, because there's a part where she says, I want to go in a motorcycle crash, you know, and it, like, specifically, and that was, like, right after I had, the second time I had listened, I had seen that bit about how they died from motorcycle crash and yeah i had the moment of like 
ah, this feels kind of awkward to like, like, yeah. you know, it's like, is like, I, it, I'm struggling over where this like, is this them bleeding on the page for us? Or is this kind of eh, a little exploitative of like the idea of like, yeah, dying. There were times, especially on the more vulnerable tracks where I guess more emotion would have made the tracks feel more real, mm. but they just kind of sang with the same kind of energy and only sometimes does she kind of give you a little bit more of a guttural, like, really digging deep for it. But never do you really get, like, like, she's singing about, like, am I going to live to this age and looking back at all these things. But I didn't really get that feeling that you would have, like, that you vulnerability. You that feeling like, no, he's actually, like, thinking about his life. And yeah, like, I just, I don't know. They just didn't go far enough, I guess. So the song is just kind of... Most of them ranged from dull to generic is the feelings mm. I got for most of them. Mm. And then to end on, which again, it's such a weird way to end on Harley Darling. Yeah, it felt like Rock and Roll Heaven should have been the last one, right? We end on this song, which again, context we got these motorcycle sounds over it. Again, yeah, after what we now know. And it's just not a good song. Like, it's it's so forgettable. Yeah, it's okay. The Wikipedia article, right? Like, I'm just going to keep going back to it. They're talking about the producer, longtime producer, dying in the dying in the accident. That was the nail in the coffin for me. I threw I threw my hands up in the air and just went, yeah, I give up. I went down a very dark rabbit hole of depression, substance abuse, and everything that comes with that. And it's like, that's horrible. And I hate that you had to go through all of that. Like, it's terrible. But it, it it's not reflected on the album. You think it's a little too clean? It's way too clean. It's very sterile. I'm not one of these people who say, like, I want everyone to go through horrible life experiences because that's the only way. Like, like I don't want everyone to be on drugs because that's the only way they can right. write real music. You know, like, like I don't think it's like, like Danny that. Brown, but... no, come on, man. You can live a good life, man. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to do the method acting, you know. <laughs> no, like not everything. Okay, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but, tough crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> but yeah, I, it is. It is very. It is way too clean. I, I think the album plays it very safe, and it's just. It's just forgettable. For me, I, I ended up walking away with a three. Mm. I, uh, I I would give it three and a half. Like I said, like, you know, I, it, like, you know, it's not like solid, solid, but it's definitely like, you know, enjoyable enough. And like I said, there are, the bland parts do are what pull it down. But like I said, I think that they are very competent musicians. You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I really enjoy yeah. the musicality of the song. So like, I got to give it that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there's one or two tracks on here. Uh, I actually want to, um, what was it? Uh, 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 I did like 25. I had that moment where I was like, wait, was this going to be a Bond song? This was going to be a Bond song for No Time to Die, wasn't it? And they're like, nope, no, it totally wasn't. I was like, sure it wasn't. Like, uh. <laughs> like this has, was going to be in the trailer all over it, you know? The, uh. the serious song of the trailer, you know what I mean? Like... Mm. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it enough. Like you know, like I said, I, look, I, I can be a basic bitch. Like I can, I, I like those songs <laughs> sometimes. All right, sometimes they do it mm. right. Um, but uh, and then uh, what was the other one that I enjoyed? 
Oh, witches burn. So like, mm. yeah, I I enjoy. I kind of like broomsticks. If it wasn't less than a minute and actually did something, because there were like yeah, oh, it was like an intro to witches burn. It. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh shit, with it. Oh okay. Oh, oh okay. But well, we get this song though. But still, I wanted to hear more of that song though. But all right, well, it was more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> um, I did like the lyrics in there. Excuse me. Especially when she's like, "Welcome back to the days of old, where the men are men and the women are sold." I was like, "Oh shit." Oh yeah, it's like, but I'll do what you say. I'm learning to obey. Down on my knees when you call me a dog, till I get close enough for a blade to stick it in. Then I'll spit on your grave. Like, come on, you gotta, you gotta like that. You gotta love that reference. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, but then there would be tracks. You know, to 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 speak to your point, like, oh, was it? Yeah, got so high. That was the most. Um, Trying to emulate the the, the oh, you know the seventies rock, you know, knock knock knocking on him down, you know what I mean? That might have been the worst song on the yeah, album. Was the got so were high, so basic. Like success showed something at the same time, nothing. I thought I got it, but it seems I've lost it. Like no, <laughs> like that's the whole verse. Like, <laughs> like come on now, like, they got so much going for them. That it's annoying when it just doesn't work. Like, vocalist, great. You've got very confident musicians. They they got a great sound. It's just like, I wish y'all would just do something different, get, you get, know? Get like, your own specific voice. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I know yeah. that you're good, but, like, what, what's the reason why I should listen to this album as opposed to just listening back to the old ones? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, it just didn't really give me much of a reason to. I do want to give a quick shout-out to Turning Gold, though. I thought that was actually, uh, like, the highlight of the album for me, especially when, when you, like, you know, m for most of the time it's been, like, the rock band, and then you, like, randomly hear a little bit of a little bit of soft pipe organ come in, where and the way the music's, like, the way the text painting of the music, I mean, um, yeah, like, uh, the way the music kind of, like, plays out, it kind of sounds like... The person is turning gold with how it with how it feels in the music. You know what I mean? Mm. I was like, "Well, that's actually pretty cool." And then at the end, when they had a little bit of sitar, like kind of plays, like oh, that was actually yeah. pretty fucking cool. And it, again, that was like the that little hint of like, "Oh, okay, you could be doing something a little bit more with the sound." Like, I hear it, I hear it, you know. So yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, competent, uh, dope ass musicians, good singers. But yeah, you, you just kind of you, you wish they didn't just silk sonic it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh God, yeah. I mean, we're, verba we're verbalizing that now. Moving on from there, Dr. Goatman heard us loud and clear. <laughs> You're loud and clear. <laughs> when we reviewed The Man Who Sold the World, and I think the album before that, I had said, if you just keep requesting the Bowie albums in order, we'll keep reviewing them. <laughs> and they said... Okay. <laughs> and they went ahead and requested Hunky Dory, the follow-up to Man Who Sold the World, and the first album where Bowie really has that weird personality about him. Oh, so this is the first... This is so, like... I listened to this album, and it had that moment where I was like, oh, man, this is so interesting. He's doing so much. This is so weird. What year was this? 71! <laughs> it's only 71! <laughs> Going into this album, I remembered it. I remembered it more fondly for the songs I really, really like off of it. Because this album does have a couple of my all-time favorite Bowie cuts on it. But then I forget side B. Uh. Where I, I forget the second side has um, 
two of the easily weakest cuts Wh- which on the album. Uh, Andy Warhol and Song from Bob Dylan. <laughs> back to back, by the way. Okay, yeah. No, you know, uh, I actually, I appreciated the Andy Warhol song a little bit more, knowing about, like, Andy Warhol a bit, and, like, and it's actually kind of funny, um, so, uh, if we're just gonna get into it, because with that song specifically, it was like, he, this, he made this song before he had met Andy Warhol, as, oh, as being yeah. like a... <laughs> As being like, oh man, I think you're so cool. I wrote this song about you, you know. But uh, and when he actually met Andy Warhol, apparently Andy Warhol was like really dismissive of it, and he thought the song was really bad. He didn't bad. like he, the song. Yeah, he was just like, eh. and and the thing about Andy Warhol is that like he is totally a douchebag. Like he, oh, he sucks. Yeah, like, like, Andy Warhol sucks. Yeah, shit. yeah. And so like he's it, like literally like in his real life, he he would do it frequently, where he's like, oh yes, I'm using this person for this thing, and there I'm using it, and he would just get bored with them and just kind of move on to the next person you know like that was how he was as a person it was like that's just such a shitty you know way to live life and so like it felt like you know reading about it it was like david bowie meeting him and going like oh 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 no this guy sucks and, but what's funny is that in the lyrics it kind of sideways feels like it's actually kind of like pointing that out in a way where you know mm. could have been aware of but kind of end up feeling like right like with the way he sings the lyrics where he's like oh like to take a cement fix be a standing cinema dress my friends up just for shows see them as they really are you know like uh uh what is it uh i'd like to be a gallery put you all inside my show like the way that he's singing it feels like it's a little bit sneering or it's just like oh this is just what i do i'm playing puppets with my friends you know what i mean like yeah maybe that's what andy didn't like i don't know uh, it was, it, it was real. too it was real like, for him you but the song for Bob Dylan was, uh, yeah, the biggest disappointment because it just felt like, oh, I thought it was going to be talking about like, oh man, you're, you know, you're speaking for the people doing all these things. But it's mostly about like the hook is specifically about his girlfriend that I believe had died like the year before, but it just feels like, but why? Like, it's weird. The, the chorus was the part I liked the most. But then it's just like, you know, here's a song for Robert Zimmerman. And he's just, it's like, okay. How deep are we going to go with this? Like, yeah, are we going to be talking about specific Bob Dylan things? Or why is it called that? Yeah. But just having two songs back to back that present Bowie as like a fanboy for his <laughs> contemporaries. I don't know. I just didn't really like that. I mean, I, you <laughs> know, I find it kind of interesting <laughs> in terms of like, wow, you know, I consider David Bowie this untouchable guy. And yet here he has these people that he looks That like. is interesting. Like, yeah, it's kind of interesting yeah. to have that moment of like, oh, this was a real person. Right. Like they were just like a fucking rock god, you know. <laughs> but man, the first side with changes opening the album yeah what what do you even say about changes it is like a dope ass track and it, okay it was one of those things where like hearing it at first i i actually like was uh, like the hook for it always kind of like felt like it was oddly mixed a little bit like hmm. you know what i mean like it felt weirdly i don't know like it wasn't Filling the sound, something always just was just like throwing off about me, and then it was just like having the extra little. Oh, this is 1971. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, like for someone <laughs> using a whole ass orchestra, like, yeah, maybe they didn't necessarily like have ev- all of the tools to use it to the fullest extent. You know what I mean? But like right, the fact yeah. that they're doing it this well is like really cool. And then there's a later on track, Kooks, where it really does feel like oh. he's in the fucking groove, where it's like you yeah, can feel the, the lightness of the texture of the violin, where you're like, oh shit like this album fucking 
goes places. Yeah, no which, doubt. you know, is the least you could ask for, but, like, damn. Like, it, it really... Compared to the last one, specifically, which was, like, Bowie, and the most he was experimenting was, like, he had a couple blues rock songs, and then yeah. it was, like, a couple songs that kind of sounded weird. Yeah, a little Like, there was the one that you quoted at the beginning with the uh, Oh by Jimbo. And yeah. <laughs> the one with the, um, like, was that All the Mad Men? It was, just like, it talks about his um, half-brother who actually, if the last song is about him, is really sad and tragic oh, yeah. oh my goodness but we'll we'll get to that um this one is so many different sounds he's messing with and each track is fucking different than the last like they all stand out yeah in fact yeah it's like uh, oh you pretty things is probably the most normal <laughs> thing sound <laughs> yeah, like, yeah yeah oh you pretty things and then you get the eight line poem which is just kind of cool you know it's just like a simple sort it's of an eight line poem all right yeah that's exactly for sure. <laughs> that's for that. true and then you get life on mars which just blasts oh. the fucking stratosphere <laughs> life on mars if you if you pressed me to ask me what my favorite bowie song was i'd probably say life on mars oh, it's just every moment is it's so good <laughs> It's at least top three. Like, <laughs> god damn, it's so good. But the other one comes later. Another one, another one of my top three comes later on the second half. But uh, Changes is untouchable, I, I think. Um, oh, You Pretty Things is is criminally underrated as as a fucking track on here. I think it's so good. It mm. Bowie's commentary on His lyrics. pop culture <laughs> at the time and the youth is like... It, it, this is, well, you know, it's so funny because the opening track on um, Black Parade, when we reviewed that, the MCR album, mm -hmm. I said it reminded me of um, the opening track on Bowie's album, Ziggy Stardust, Five Years. It sounds a lot like it musically, mm -hmm. but you listen to Oh You Pretty Things, it reminds me of Teenagers, <laughs> where Bowie is just like... Talking about, like, oh, you pretty things, you're driving your mamas and papas insane. Like, it's just this little older, like, not by much, but a little bit older guy. Just like, yeah. you fucking kids are weird. And he's got that, like, <laughs> voice. Uh, like, he's got this, like, I think David Bowie is more of a, like, a relatively high, high baritone. And I feel like his low, like, because when he digs in, and I think I hear it especially, like, on later songs, singles that I've, like, you know, heard over my life or whatever, where it's like, you can, you know, when did you say run, I'll run with oh, you. Oh, yeah. You know, when he digs into his life, like, I feel like that's really where his richness is, and his higher part is, like, really, like, it is light, but he knows how to use it, and it's, it like, he knows how to put the effects on it that makes it, like, you know what I'm saying, like, puts you in that specific mode that he's trying to put you in, you know, let me make it plain, gotta make for the home of superior like i cannot em emulate like it feels like i'm like only like the best i can do is sound like i'm making fun of it but i'm so trying hard to mimic, to mimic that exact timbre that he gets that's so fascinating it's a, fu a fucking high note at the end of the chorus on life on mars yeah 
come on. <laughs> he, he's all over the place. Oh, like, oh, we're talking about Life on Mars, the fucking lyrics. Oh, oh my God. Sailors oh. fighting in the dance hall. Oh, man, look at that caveman go. It's the freakiest style. <laughs> and then take a look at the lawman beating up the wrong guy. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. Yo, Bowie, you motherfucker. <laughs> Then we fucking got kooks. This is a standout track for for real. So this is uh, Bowie wrote a song for his son. Oh, so it's, it, he's talking to his son, saying like, "Oh, do you want to hang out with us weird people?" And if you ever have to go to school, remember how they messed up this old fool. Yes! D- don't pick fights with the bullies or the cads, cause I'm not much cop for punching other people's dads. <laughs> Can oh. you fucking picture that? <laughs> Fucking David Bowie getting in like, like oh you're yeah. picking on my son and David Bowie having like pick a fight. Come to fisticuffs with somebody. Yeah, look what the fuck. This is a, and if the homework brings you down, we'll throw it on the fire and take the car downtown. It's like man, this is really sweet and just like picturing David Bowie as a dad is so fucking David like Bowie's my dad. It's so fucking cool, man. And I think Quicksand is a fine song too. It's um. It's not the catchiest on the record, but it has such a lush instrumental. The lyrics on the album do get kind of cryptic, especially on, like, like Quicksand, I think, is one of those. Yeah, well, one lyric in particular where he says, I'm tethered to the logic of homo sapien, can't take my eyes off from the great salvation of bullshit faith. Like, I was just like, ooh. I mean, not necessarily cryptic, but it was just kind of like, oh, man, he'll just say some shit that's a little too real. Yeah, I mean, like, he brings up uh, the fucking uh, homo superior in the other song, is homo, homo sapien now, and... Genius was wondering whether or not he was going back to his, um, you, you remember on, um, Man Who Sold the World, there were a couple songs where Bowie was trying to, what was it? He said, um, I was trying to write songs like I knew what Nietzsche meant. Like, oh. I was trying to write, like, I understood his writings when I really didn't. Good and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that might be coming through on a couple of these songs, too. Yeah. It's weird to picture, though, that Fill Your Heart. <laughs> is the first song on the second side. So this is the first song you hear when you flip the album over. Uh, and it's very uncharacteristic for a few reasons. Yeah, it's such a weird, jaunty little tune. It's got the It's got these jaunty little horns. Yeah, the saxophone just just ever so lightly playing around. <laughs> it's off-putting almost <laughs> how optimistic his lyrics are, and it's like you can hear his smile, if that makes sense. Right. Like it sounds like he's singing with a smile, like, uh, th- th- something's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. Feels like, is this propaganda? Like, you get that sort of feel, right? Like, um, oh, and then the way he almost sounds like the freaking monarch uh, from the Venture Brothers with, with the voice where he goes like, love will clean your mind and make you free. <laughs> it sounds yeah. like the villain about to put you into the mind control thing, you know? <laughs> like, yes, everyone will be free when you buy my device, you know? The, honestly, the most interesting part of Andy Warhol is the beginning. Yeah, because it's yeah. got like which so feels like Andy Warhol thing. Hey, we're actually just kind of talking. Uh, the, oh yeah, but uh, is, it, is this and it's like cutting the audio in weird ways, yeah. and you hear the cuts, and it's like okay, you, I see what you're doing, <laughs> and you hear the the producer like Andy Warhol, and and Bowie goes, um, what'd you just say? And he goes Warhol, and he goes, he goes, it's Warhol, like holes. 
and they were holes, like holes. And I was like, "Why are you doing this fucking Stewie Griffin impression, Bowie? I don't know what you're doing here." Wait, what's happening? It, so he was trying to say it because I'm pretty sure it's Warhol. <laughs> but he was like, "No, it, no, it, it, it's Warhol." Like, oh like holes. God, British people always <laughs> gotta change fuck? the pronunciation of shit. You did it with Latin and you're doing it with <laughs> American uh, artist names. <laughs> and then there's just like silence. And and you hear like people shuffling things around and they're like, are we going? Like, <laughs> are we ready to go? <laughs> like, I thought that was interesting. And then the song is just kind of whatever. Like, yeah. I hate to say it, but like. After Quicksand, I'm skipping down to Queen Bitch because yeah. Queen Bitch is so fucking good. Yeah. I love Queen Bitch so much and it makes me wish that Bowie wrote more, like, stories. It's sung from the point of view of, like, I don't know if it would be, like, Drag Queen. I'm up on the 11th floor and I'm watching the cruisers below. It's like, okay. Um, He's down on the street and he's trying and he's trying hard to pull Sister Flo. So yeah, there's, there's someone down there. Oh, and I, I, see. I guess yeah, with the uh, with the cruisers looking, you know, mm-hmm. for some, you mm-hmm. know. Um, oh, my heart's in the basement. Oh, my weekend's at an all time low. Um, but she's hoping to score, and I can't see and I can't see her letting him go. Um, yeah, because I feel like swishy is specifically used for like gaming, right? Like, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like swishy, yeah. Oh, and she's known in the darkest of clubs for pushing ahead of the dames. So that's why I pictured like I get you. It's like a drag queen who's like more popular than like like the cis women. That's mm-hmm. that's the well, that's what I always got, and then it goes okay. um. But it could have been me. Yeah, it could have been me! Like, that's what's so fucking funny to me, is just this person being, like, looking down there and just being like, I could fucking pull that off. It's just this fucking character. Like, I I can't think of another song where he does it like that, you know? Like, where where he's just putting on this character and this inner monologue is so fucking clever. It's so so much fun. It's so jarring. (laughs) To end with the Bellway Brothers? Yeah, or, or was it Bewley Brothers? Uh, be- yeah, I guess it would be Be Bewley Brothers. Yeah, yeah, you know those British people. <laughs> they gotta say it their way. It ends super creepy. Yeah, where I'll say it, that like, in a voice that he has not done at any other point in the album, where he's like, where he goes super cockney, like, "Lie me, placing, bite me, pie, I'm starving for me gravy," and like, and there's like an extra doubling higher and lower voice that sounds really weird. It's yeah, so strange. And it just happens too. Yeah, like, yeah it doesn't give you any warning that it's gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> just for the die. Please come away. <laughs> Man, if it weren't for spoilers, um, the next Bowie album, I would say this would be my favorite one. So second overall, probably in his entire discography, this is probably my second favorite album of his. Um, walked away with a four and a half. Yeah, I got four and a half as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that about wraps it up. For this week's episode of Going Off, uh, we want to give you a big, big thanks for spending your time with us this week. Follow us on our Twitters and YouTubes. We both have our own our own individual Kofis and Patreons, but if you want to request an album uh, for us to talk about on this show, 
head on over to our joint Kofi that is ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Uh, what do you got going on over on that side? Uh, well, of course, I got my uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash rapcritic, where you can uh, join the uh, Patreon and get to see episodes early, plus listen to the movie podcasts that I do, uh, the exclusive episodes, and join the Rap Critic Patreon, you know, so that's always fun. Um, and, you know, of course, you can, uh, on, on my uh, Kofi, kofi.com slash rapcritic specifically, you can request... Uh, album streams. That's the that's the new joint that's uh, coming in. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you can request those. I just did a uh, uh, the best of well RZA, but that was well because the request that they did was kind of short. So I was like, all right, let me do something else. Um, but they had requested uh, taking the bangers, which was really fun. So uh, yeah, that's where if you request an album stream or you request me to do a best of of such and such artist, you know, I'll, I'll compilate uh, some of the, you know, <laughs> I, I dig through their discography, you know what I'm saying, and come up with like the joints where I'm like, yo, this is why you should listen to this person, you know what I mean? Um, and then of course uh, my movie re- review podcast, we have the Kofi's going for that, you know, where you can request a movie or you can request a music video for me to do. So yeah, that's what's going on on my end. Of course, you can follow me on the social medias on Twitter and on uh, Instagram. You're doing a great public service doing the sifting through the entire body of work and being like, these are the gems. <laughs> That's what I kind of did with Insane Cloud Posse at first, right? Where it's just like, world's mm. worst band, oh, all their songs are bad? Hmm, well, let me see, you know? <laughs> I had actually done that, uh, something very similar with Neb this past week because we had watched um, the Beatles documentary and they're not as aware of the Beatles' catalog of work Mm. so at the end of it they were just like hey like i'm interested in checking some of this out like what are their best songs in your opinion like what are your favorite songs so i was like hmm okay and just kind of went through because there are definitely some artists like i mean icp first album's like what 92 yeah and they still put out albums like as of this year so it's like that's a very daunting discography and there are a lot of people who it's like where the fuck do you even start with some of these people you know that's probably what turns off a lot of people from older music is you just mm-hmm. don't know where to start. It's like, right. okay, what's their best stuff? Where do I go? Like, not everyone has a fucking best of compilation you could just go to. And even then, yeah, those don't include all the best songs. Exactly, uh, yeah, guarantee. Because that's just, uh, oh, what's old the most? Let's throw those together, you know? like In my CD collection, I really try to make it a habit of not buying compilations because like, they always leave off the songs you want. Yeah, like, right. Because it, because the end of the day isn't to make you not buy the other albums. Like you, they, they still they force your hand. To, like well, if you want all of all of them, you're gonna have to buy the other CDs anyway. Like we only put this out because the artist had a five album deal. Right. Yeah. And they only had a couple songs they put on this one, so it's like oh. It's like nine songs I've heard before and a couple new singles we're trying to push. And that's the only reason this whole CD exists. It's like, then why the fuck? But until next time for Going Off, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And somebody gave me this telephone. I think it was Edie. Oh. Yeah, it was Edie. And, and she said I could talk to God with it. But um, I didn't have anything to say. So here.